good evening, I guess, because it's the evening-ish. Uh, buenos tardes. Um, welcome to the uh, 107th, I think, now. I think you're right. I think I'm right, too. 107th rendition of the Sunday Conversation Podcast, uh, brought to you by uh, the fellas and hosted by, no, damn it, I do that every time. Hosted by the fellas, brought to you by Loyalty Liquors. There you go. Um, someday I'll get it. What's up, bro? So this is uh, one week post uh, post live inter- uh, episode. Yeah. Uh, how you feeling? Let's uh, give us the rundown. Uh, I'm good now. I will say, you know, so kind of going back a little bit and there's a couple of things I do want to touch on from that week that we didn't get to just because you know we were not in the uh the best state of mind or the best physical state I should say to do that but um the rest of that day we just sat by actually Sunday was one of my favorite days of the whole trip just sat by the pool caught some rays everybody's just kind of hanging out drying out I mean a few people still you know were on the sauce god god bless them uh you know I dried out all day uh jumped on the you know went went to the airport went and got some great fish tacos on sunday night johnny and i stopped in pb on our way back and and got some fantastic tacos got to the airport a little bit early which was fine because i ended up doing work and i actually have to uh, i have to apologize to dane a little bit because i uh i took an edible right when we got to the airport and by the time dane showed up i was fucking high out of my mind and like basically passing out like sitting up at the in the in the gate at the gate and poor Dane Dane was having just a miserable travel experience and I literally sat down I had the aisle seat the second the two ladies next to me sat down I was fucking out like literally before we took off until wheels down in Charlotte I was asleep um and then from Charlotte to Hartford passed out the entire time woke up as we were descending uh, you know, when my ears started to pop or whatever, then Monday was rough, man. I actually, I took a personal day when we got to Charlotte, I emailed that I was taking a personal day. I, was, then, I, was, <laughs> dude, I, well, I just remember when you were, we were texting, I was like, I don't know what you said. You were like, I, I fucked up big time. I should, I, I should have taken a personal day Monday too. Well, um, so, so I ended up, I ended up going and just seeing four accounts. I had four guys I had to get checks from. I worked like half a day, but I didn't want to, I took the personal day because I didn't want to get caught only working half a day. So I was like, fuck it. I'll take the personal day and then I'll just see the few accounts I got to see and then whatever. And Ben, I was so fucking tired that the the last thing I had to do before I went home was go to the grocery store. Uh, you know, I didn't have any food in my house, obviously. So I, I, am on my way to the grocery store dozing off and literally before I went in to go grocery shopping took a 20 minute nap in my car went grocery shopping got home took another nap for like an hour ended up getting fucking takeout because I was like there's no way I'm cooking Tuesday was good to go and then uh you know the week after that's been great um the only the only problem I've had this week is the United States Postal Service is directly directly hindering my ability to become a chess grandmaster I don't know if I mentioned it last week but you know, I've learned how to play chess and my new goal is to become a grandmaster. And uh, so I ordered a chess board. And what do you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that my mailman and I have been at war 
and it didn't get delivered. Now I got my money back and then I got another one shipped that Amazon delivered yesterday that showed up. So we're good there. But I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, the, the fucking postal service, it's unbelievable. Um, that's, a, that's a week. Now you're a week behind schedule. Yeah, right. Exactly. So instead of six sense. months, it's going to take six months in a week now. It's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, overall, week's good, man. Just getting back into the flow of things. Uh, you know, went out last night for dinner and uh, back to bar. New Haven has finally lifted its mask mandate. Uh, so uh, everything's coming back alive, which is nice. I think we're the last city in Connecticut to do it. Um, so it's great. But how was your week, pal? You had, a, you had a far more eventful week in terms of adventuring than mine was. Um, yeah, drove, uh, let's see, well, we stayed there that night, and then uh, next morning, we rolled out, which would have been what, Monday morning? Yep. Yeah, Monday morning. And uh, we went, and we drove, we kind of decided, looked at like the uh, weather, and we we're like, all right, shit, we're going to Telluride. So we went to Telluride. Um, so drove all Monday. Stayed in Cortez, Colorado, Monday night. Skied Telluride Tuesday. Stayed in Cortez again, same place. And then drove on Wednesday. We were going to just start driving to, towards Dallas. And then, like, however far we made it, we made it. But we were just, like, <clears throat> by the time we were in, like, Wichita Falls, which is where we would have possibly called it a day, Mm. We we're we we're like two hours from Trevor's house, so we were like, why the f like why would we do this? That would just be pointless. So, uh, just drove the whatever rest of the way to Dallas. So we did that, and I think it took us like fourteen hours or something to yep. get from Telluride to Dallas. Then hung out all day in Dallas on what yesterday? I guess it was wait no. Thursday yeah and it was absolutely beautiful like shirts off sun all day hanging out with Trevor's kids and everyone were just whatever and uh woke up the next morning to just a brisk 32 degrees mm. so it was the old-fashioned Texas uh 50 drop love that shit love it um so then we went to Mississippi, went and saw um, our friend who's a custom hat maker in Mississippi. Um, shout out ML Provisions, Mary Landrum, um, Toby's old roommate from Jackson Hole. She's she's fucking chefing up hats like you wouldn't believe it, bro. No, I'm no, I'm not kidding. Like, like crazy amounts of these custom hats. Uh, it was, I mean, we went, we stopped into her shop, I don't know, back in October or something. And then when we went in uh, yesterday, it was like, holy shit. She's like, she showed us her phone and every single dot she had on the calendar was a, was an appointment. And she just was like scrolling and just everything was booked. So awesome. she's not even, you know, a year in and she's just fucking killing it. So, um, Got got the uh, got a little hat, yep. And uh, yeah, had some dinner, and now we're on our way to Georgia. Right now, we're in the car. Oh so wow! Shout, are, shout out, shout out, driving while potting. 
I mean, potting while driving. I'm I'm looking at her her Instagram right now. These hats are sick. Oh, oh, dude, like fire, like. How? Yeah. How did she even? How did she even start doing this? She she did an apprenticeship, I guess, in Jackson Hole for a couple of years. She was like working for a lady and basically was like, "I'm gonna fucking be better than you, lady." And she moved back to Mississippi and was doing just that. It's pretty neat though. She's got a cool like, you know, because there's no custom felt hat makers in Mississippi. So right now she's the only. So, um, but dude, she's getting, she's getting some like, like governors. And when we were there yesterday, it was a Senator, one of the Mississippi senators daughter was there. Getting so that's, uh, if you ever, if you ever, if you ever heard of a Senator, that's pretty freaking cool. Yes. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, these things are fucking sick. Um, they're dope. That's awesome. Everybody needs a good felt hat. Shit, I got a good felt hat. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So well, yeah. Besides that, we're almost. We'll be back in. Yeah, an hour till uh, we're back from the quick cross country trek. Back, back in the Peach State, right? That's what yes, sir. Is. Yeah. God, I'm good. Um. Okay, couple things. Couple things I want to touch on just from the trip because they're you. You know, we we brought up a couple things prior to and then never really followed through on them. Uh, pasta night went great, and the reason it went great is is a few fewfold. Uh, a, I had great sous chefs. Ben and Toby crushed it. Um, did everything Scary I needed good. them to. Do, like assembly line, it was an assembly literally to the point where. Once I started making the sauce, I wasn't even paying attention to what they were doing because I knew they had it under control. Um, what also helped was the fact that Samantha told me we were cooking for 30 people and only 15 people showed up. So my biggest fear and the anxiety inducing thing that happened the whole time was that I was concerned I wasn't going to make enough food. And, you know, it's, it's one thing to have too much food. There's, there's no such thing as too much food, but having not enough food is, is a joke. You know, you get everybody all hyped up for a pasta night and then everybody gets like, four strands of pasta it's like well you know that's kind of underwhelming we got to go eat again thankfully that didn't happen we had plenty of food so that went great um the suit we talked we touched on the suit last week a little bit that that worked out great suit fit great uh the collar of that shirt is fucking destroyed now whatever i i actually i got mine out yeah what was what was the what was the key don heard of it heard of it all right good <laughs> glad i don't have to do anything too too i mean i'm just gonna get the whole thing fucking dry cleaned anyways because i'm sure i spilled all over it too um that worked out great as far as my little portion of the trip uh, before i met up with uh with everybody uh tuesday night or tuesday afternoon rolled in uh johnny and i went and hit hit the pump factory uh which is actually that was huge like we got a couple good workouts in. we got a good workout on tuesday wednesday Shout out to Anaheim with uh, with Johnny and Craig Wiley, my boy, my former line mate from the uh, San Diego Skates. Uh, great go Ducks. Go, go Ducks. Actually, well, they were all rooting for the Bruins, but, you know, fuck the Bruins. Um, and Johnny Cavs, uh, my, my new buddy, John Carlson, who had the biggest calves of anybody I've ever seen. And so he's now known as Johnny Cavs. Uh, Wednesday... Wednesday, like I said, Johnny and I went and got a pump. We went and got lunch. Uh, we had to get a California burrito. Went to his old work. Um, 
it used to be called Beachwood. Now it's called El Prez and PB. And then we went out and we were PB rats, man. We bounced around, stayed out till 2 a.m. I was falling asleep at the bar. Um, but prior to that, met up with uh, my girl Meg, who I know is listening to this, um, and her boyfriend Chad. Uh, it's great seeing them. Uh, so, you know, great thing about having friends in San Diego still is you still get to see some people and, and have some fun with uh, some people that are locals. And then, yeah, Thursday through uh, Sunday was all the uh, the wedding stuff, which was which is just a blast, you know. And uh, obviously, you and I, when you and I were talking yesterday, it's a tough, makes it a tough week to follow up. You did a good job following it up. I uh, I basically was like, dude, I just need to detox and, and get back to some sense of normalcy. Also, my voice was shot for like three days after I got back because I'd smoked one quarter of a cigar the night of the wedding just absolutely destroyed my vocal cords. I sounded like uh, Smokey Robinson for a few days, but uh, yeah, all in all great trip. I think it, uh, I think it was the perfect length of time. I was talking to, um, I was talking to my mom right before I left and she's like, you know, or how you feeling? And I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to come home. And she's like, Oh, I'm surprised to hear you say that. I'm like, no, no, not like I'm ready to come home. Like I'm not enjoying myself. Like this trip was so full and fulfilling in terms of, I saw everybody I wanted to see. I ate everything I wanted to eat. I, you know, met some great people, learned how to play chess, went to an awesome wedding with an awesome family, uh, you know, some people that are very close to me. And so by the time Sunday rolled around, it was like, I've, I've it was like, uh, you know, I came, I saw, I conquered. I did everything I wanted to do. And, uh, and so when that's the case, you know, you just pack up and roll on home, you know, and that's the, that's you, you've experienced it. That's the sign of a fulfilling trip is when at the end of it, it's just, you know, you're ready to go home and, you know, you don't have any regrets and everything worked out the way you wanted it to. Yeah, man, it, it definitely was, uh, it, it was a, it was a very special, like, I guess setting you would say, like, I think it was pretty cool how, how they got the Airbnb. That was a, like a was, neat way to yeah, do it, it. like yeah. kind of everyone just kicking around and um but yeah like in in that sense i i was we my my teammate and i were ready to go when the wedding was over and yeah. uh that's a, that's a good thing yeah exactly. there was no uh there was no like um yeah it, it was not like a, a sad thing I, I thought it was like a very intimate setting and i, I think uh yeah everyone enjoyed it i mean it was a, it was a good time I, the uh the dinner obviously was 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 killer the old uh, pasta dinner yeah which um ended up shit at one point we thought we weren't gonna have enough we ended up having enough for, for two nights of uh yeah of, of, of drinking eating so um yeah i mean and, and dude that and it, that house was was weird too you guys you guys checked oh, the, out it was the porn house man well no no the actual the actual uh layout of the house was weird but i meant the house was weird in the sense partially because of the layout like what uh, it was uh thursday night no no it was friday night it was the night uh, before the wedding you know, I was upset. You were upstairs as well. You were in the living room. There's maybe 10 or 15 of us in the living room hanging out. I was playing chess against Dan and Jill. And, and then, uh, you know, I went downstairs to get a beer at one point or a drink, whatever. And I walked in 
to the game room or whatever, you know, whatever the hell you want to call it. And uh, I just opened the door and, and peeked my head in. And yeah, I was like 50 fucking people shoulder to shoulder, like a college frat party. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, where did all these fucking people come from? Cause they kind of just like snuck in. I mean, obviously people came in through the front door and stuff. We saw people coming in and asking, you know, where Gabe and Samantha were, but like, I had no idea how many people were in that house. And like, obviously there was noise coming from the basement, but you had no idea there was fucking that many people just stuffed in there, sardine can down in the basement. So just an odd house, but, but, you know, we've said it enough times now. It was a great, great week, great weekend all in all. And, you know, now it's back to, back to real life, I guess. I mean, you're, you're headed uh, elsewhere soon enough, but uh, you know, shit, I got nothing coming until, until May. Um, so, you know, and there's still a war going on and stuff, which, you know, which is, I actually kind of wanted to talk about just a little bit, just not the war itself or the reason for it or who we think is the good guy or the bad guy. Cause you and I are not professionals and, and, you know, well, we, throw, we throw our opinions around enough. Hey, I mean, the, the one good, the one that good thing that came from, from this so far is that I guess COVID's over. <laughs> exactly. COVID ended See, and they're like, all right, we got to have a, a world war instead. Um, yeah, but bro, it's the, uh, the American media machine back at it. I mean, it's, it's nothing but, uh, like you go on Facebook, look on Facebook news and all it is just purely the war, but yeah, man, fire away. I don't know what, what you had on your mind. Well, no, I was just the, the, the interesting thing about it, Ben, and, and, you know, not to fucking make like turn the, the mood of this and, and make it serious. But the, the thing that I find most interesting about it as somebody who is a, is a student of prior world wars is like the way this war is being fought in like an economic sense. Like, you know, they're putting all these economic sanctions on, on Russia to the point where like, I think the rule is like collapsed and like now is, is basically worthless the Russian stock market hasn't opened in two weeks. Uh, you know, all these major companies are, are pulling out of Russia. Goldman Sachs pulled out of Russia the other day. Um, so, like, it's interesting that, like, this, and obviously during World War II, World War One, like, there was somewhat economic, you know, some kind of economic sanctions, but nothing to this degree because the global economy is so tied together now. And so with all these companies pulling out, you know, I wonder what it's like being in Russia right now. Like it's, it's probably your, your, your currency is, is valueless. You know, there's McDonald's is pulled out of there. You've got all these major corporations that are pulled out of, out of your country. And like, I guess my thought is, or my question is, and, and, you know, you can tell me your thoughts is what does this lead to? Does it lead to, you know, Russia being like, all right, you know, we got to rethink what we're doing or does it push them further to be like, we got to, you know, fuck everybody else. We're just going to go do what we came here to do. Like what, what is the end game now? If you're trying to just like economically destroy the country. Um, the only thing I want to ask is before Biden got into office and all that shit was going down. Remember we're like with the Hunter Biden mm -hmm. laptops mm -hmm. in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. it, does that have anything to do with what's happening right now? Like, is, is there a, like a direct correlation to any of that? Or was that kind of like swept under the rug? Or like, 
Well, it's definitely been swept under I mean, the rug. So, like, I, I kind of forget. I don't really remember what the deal was. Were they getting money or something? Or they had, was they it had like, struck some kind of uh, like backdoor energy deal, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't remember. Which the is interesting because nuclear energy, that's a big deal right now. They're like talking about the, the nuclear power plants or whatever. Yeah, I or, think there's uh, two of them. Well, one of them is Chernobyl, which obviously doesn't operate anymore. But I think there's another nuclear power plant that the Russians have taken control of in southern Ukraine. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think, I think there's a couple interesting things. Like obviously, and a lot of this is of what I'm about to say is secondhand. Like I, I you know, was just on vacation, then just spent the week catching up slash hanging out, having fun. So I'm not paying a ton of attention, admittedly, which is kind of another weird thing about this war is that there's a war going on in Europe, the first war on the continent of Europe in 80 years. And like, I'm not paying any attention to it whatsoever. There's so much fucking information out there and, and so much shit being crammed in our faces all the time that like, you know, I, I really have not been paying any attention to what's going on. But um so I was talking to someone the other day and they had said that like, apparently Russia at some point had said like, all right, NATO, if you let Ukraine in, like we're invading Ukraine and sure shit, they did exactly what they said they were going to do. Um, but it's all, one other thing that I wanted to bring up, Ben, because I had this thought and this is an original thought of mine, but I had always thought, and I may have even mentioned it in the episode where we talked about the Afghan war, but I had always thought one of the reasons that we stayed in Afghanistan as long as we did was it gave us like a military foothold in Asia, you know, on Russia's towards Russia's Eastern border, as well as, you know, China where anything to pop off of those two countries. And then here we are six months later, you know, whatever, however long it's been. After we leave that area. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So like what, what would have been a, you know, us having a strong, not that we're fighting yet or, or hopefully won't at all, but, um, as soon as we leave that part of the world now they you know they they move into ukraine i i don't know man it's it's pretty terrible it's uh it, it doesn't seem like it's very much fun although not i don't think anybody would say war is fun but um the other thing too ben and you and you brought up the american media machine like the the other thing too is that because so many people are tuning in like they're just cramming every bit of information they can like there's a New York Times live, like war timeline, I guess, if you want to call it that. I just pulled it up. That goes back for, and since, since the day this started, and it's being updated like every hour. So, like, I just wonder how, um, I wonder how accurate a lot of this information, like, here, the latest, the late, or actually, this is not the latest, this is the pinned article, but. It says uh, the White House announced it was sending an additional $200 million in arms and equipment to Ukraine on Saturday as Russian forces stepped up a campaign of bombardments and sieges aimed at devastating the country's cities and towns, including the capital Kiev. So like, I, it, so this is very similar to like World War One and World War Two before we got involved in both of them. So like we're sending arms to help the Ukrainians fight. It's like a weird be like, hey, we're not going to fight. We're not going to help you with our troops, but we're going to send you all this stuff. And I wonder if that's just financially motivated. What do you think? Um, I think it has to be 100%. But then on the, on the flip side, I saw the, the I mean, 
a meme or whatever that said, I'm just, I'm just really happy to see that Ukraine got guns before Flint got water. <laughs> it's the biggest quack of shit on the history of the planet in the sense that like, um, I saw some, something else that like the average outfit of one American soldier is $17,500. Did you see that? Yeah, that was, it's in the beginning of war dogs. Oh, okay. Well, I just saw it. I just saw like a, like a, an image with like, off, like pointing to everything that the, that the soldier had, you know, and, and a price tag next to it. And it's just like, you know, and that's just the soldiers. And now start thinking about tanks, jets, planes, automobiles, trucks, you know, you name it. So yeah. it's the greatest, the greatest, uh, money-making machine on the history of the planet so yeah and you broke up a little bit but i got the gist of what you were saying there that that you know the 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 fact of the matter that we're sending so much aid to ukraine um but you know as a as a government we don't even do things here in this country to make sure that americans are living their best life which i mean is the truth if you look at and not to be political or, or anything like that. You and I are pretty apolitical. Um, you know, we, we call something out if we see it, but we're not big into politics, but you know, if you're Joe Biden and you decide to shut off the Keystone pipeline and kind of resume our dependence on foreign oil, that's fine. I personally, I, I don't care one way or the other uh, where the oil comes from, but at the end of the day, you've got Americans that are paying through the nose now for gasoline and you have this option there and I, you know, I don't know how viable it is. I don't know if you can just turn the spigot back on and, and start dumping the oil back on. I'm not, I'm not an expert in that at all, but you know, if that is an option and you're not exploring it, I was talking to a customer of mine the other day and cause they had brought that up. And I said, you know, the biggest problem or my, one of my biggest problems with politics and politicians is it's so much more about achieving the things that you've set out to do. Right. And so like one of, Joe Biden's things that he ran on was green energy and electric vehicles. And we're going to get the country off the dependency of oil. And, you know, we're, we're going to move towards a brighter, greener future, which you and I have talked about is not necessarily the case. But so now where you're in the predicament as the president of gas prices are through the roof, uh, you're trying to find an alternative source for oil. Um, and so you have this option to turn back on the Keystone Pipeline but you choose not to because you've said that we are going to move into a greener, uh, that we're going to move the country forward in terms of environmentally safe energy. And so now it's basically like, well, because I said that and I believe in that, and that's what I'm trying to achieve, I'm not going to do this. And I'm going to make Americans pay and pay more. And like, listen, at the end of the day, people like you and I, like, does it suck that I just spent $70 to fill my gas or my car up today? Yeah, that sucks. But it's not going to break. Like, I'm not going bankrupt because gas prices have gotten higher. It's just an inconvenience for me. But for the mother, single mother of three who works two jobs to put food on the table, now she's paying a buck $52 more a gallon. Like, those are the people that are really fucking suffering. And like you just said, bringing this all kind of full circles, like, how about we worry about what's going on here and what's happening to America or Americans before we go and get involved in an international conflict that 
you know, how much bearing does it actually have on the average American's day-to-day life? It really doesn't. Like I said, I haven't paid any attention to this whatsoever. So, you know, why aren't we, and this has always been a problem, why aren't we focusing on our problems here and putting our money into American infrastructure as opposed to dealing with foreign wars? And obviously the answer, going back to what you said, is that dollars and cents, you know, it's more money to be made than there is helping Americans out. You know, you're not making any money helping Americans out, but by sending arms in deals with Ukraine, you're making money. Right, and then the other thing, it's like a lot of times, like, you know, you and I are sitting here talking about like the best interest of Americans or, you know, citizens of the United States. But then on the flip side, we have our, you know, the political leaders that we voted for that, have struck deals with other countries to yep. benefit themselves. Yep. And, and, and we don't know, we're like sitting here like, well, why did we just give them $200 million in arms? Well, it's like, well, because they gave specifically so-and-so, you know, $25 million to, you know, or whatever, just some sort of, you know, some IOU sort of, deal that you know now it gets paid back from like u.s taxpayer money rather than you know whatever you know shit dude we don't know they, they could any deal you want to possibly think of you know like in the terms of maybe it's mining or mining rights or or you know oil rights or mineral reserve rights or you know it's like who the hell knows like what's happening on you know, on a much smaller scale that, you know, is able to get like funneled through as a, as a government expense. And, uh, you know, it's the same old things. Yeah. It, it, Political it, leaders patting their pockets and, and, you know, the average American just busting their ass and not really. Yeah. And, and gaining anything. Right. Right. And, you know, and, and I actually just out of pure coincidence this week on Monday, I was talking to one of my accounts who also owns gas stations. And so he was, he was, you know, we'd been talking about how one other thing actually, before I get to this, but I'm going to get this. The other interesting thing to me too, is that, all right, so Joe Biden, the U S government makes this big or takes this big stance that, you know, we're not going to be, we're not going to be buying Russian oil anymore. You know, we're not going to be relying on buying energy from the Russians I get why he does it, right? You know, he's got he's to make it look good. Like he's not supporting this war. He's not supporting the Russian economy at all. Fine, I get it. From what I understand, we don't use a ton of Russian oil anyway. So it's more of a posturing thing than anything else. But then he goes and is now trying to strike a deal with Iran or and or Venezuela. And I find that to be so hypocritical because it's like, all right, we're, we're not buying Russian oil because of the war and the atrocities and the things that they're doing in Ukraine. And then what? We're just ignoring the things that Iran has done and the things that Venezuela has done and pretending like these are better, better alternatives because they're, they're you know, not currently involved in a war. But like the history of those two countries is, is littered with atrocities and, and human rights violations. So it's is it any better that we're buying oil from these two countries that are, that are trying to buy oil from these two countries that are not any better to people, but just because they're not currently involved in a war, like they're better options. Like I, I just, 
I think it's hypocritical bullshit. It's just political posturing. And, you know, it, the fact that more people don't just see right through it is, is honestly a little surprising and, and it's kind of scary. Yeah, man. Well, we've been saying that since the get go. So nothing's going to change. God, it feels so, feel so good to be right. <clears throat> yeah. Um, okay. A cu- couple more things. So back to what I was saying about that account, but he was telling me like, all right, so if we get, let's say we start buying oil from Venezuela tomorrow, he's like, it's still going to be four or five months before gas prices come down. He's like, you don't just, you know, buy the oil and it just shows up the next day and everything's hunky dory. Um, so, you know, if you're concerned about gas this prices, is, I guess it's a pure, to- it's a pure manipulation of the market. It's that's purely what it is. I mean, sure. I, I, was with Trevor the other day. He was showing me the the charts from Motiva, who is that's Shell Motiva. That's like the big company that you know a lot of gas stations buy their fuel from. And it's like he said he showed me that diesel fuel had a ninety percent a ninety cent change in one day. Jeez. And he said that in all of his years, like years and years of his family being in the gas you know business. They said they've never seen a change greater than 10 cents. So um, another thing is it's like on, if you look at the rack price, which is like the, the cost of fuel, just bare, bare bones cost of fuel from the, from the, you know, call it the fuel dispensary. Um, right off the bat you have to add 42 cents to it so right now the rack price is like you know it's showing like 318 a gallon mm. so that now you add four, 42 cents which is like the government's that's on every single gallon of gas us as americans pays an extra 42 cents that you don't know about and that that tax is the tax that is supposed to take care of the entire infrastructure of the United States. Well, how's the entire infrastructure of the United States doing? Just out of curiosity. But so if it's 320 off at the rack plus 42 cents, now you're at 362. Yep. And now that is when the gas station and the location and whatever makes its next move. So you know, his downtown Dallas store in the middle of downtown Dallas, which is one of the most expensive gas stations in the country, just because of where it is location yeah. and all that. Um, you know, it, it, it gets up around, it's around six bucks right now. Jesus so, um, but that like, you know, it's varying like every day, obviously. And by the hour, by the minute, it's like, prices are constantly changing so that's where you get into the the situation where okay maybe so if you have a, an 18,000 gallon fuel tank and and you're trying to buy your inventory and you're looking at the the rack price and it's it's 320 so it's like and then you buy a bunch and then the next day it's down 90 cents and now you're sitting on all that expensive right. gas. Right. So it's just like, you know, like anything else, it's, you know, a commodity that is, it's very much 
like hidden that the, the average person doesn't see it. They just think gas prices are super high, but right. you know, it's, it's the same thing across the board. It's like anything. It, um, it's, it's fucking, it's terrifying. I was, I was in an account Tuesday morning and one of the beer guys that was in there was talking about, uh, you know, obviously everybody's talking about gas prices. He was talking about how the cheapest, the cheapest gas around at the time was the rest stops on 95. Now, you know, you lived here, you drove the 95 quarter plenty. Those rest stops are always the most expensive because they bang you for convenience, right? You don't want to pull off the off the highway to go find a gas station, all that shit. So you pull into the rest stop, they, they charge you for convenience. So he's like, yeah, it's the cheapest gas out there right now. He couldn't figure out why, probably because they hadn't received the delivery yet with, with the higher gas prices. So as on Tuesday, I was on my way out to Old Saybrook after that. And as I'm driving down 95 towards Old Saybrook, I passed the uh, passed the rest stop in Clinton, and it was four dollars and fifteen cents a gallon. And I was like, "Wow, that he was, he was right. It actually was a little bit cheaper than than the other places I had seen on Tuesday morning." So then Tuesday afternoon, late afternoon, I'm headed back home or towards home, I should say. I passed the rest stop, same rest stop on the other side of the highway, four forty nine, and it had gone up thirty four cents at some point during the day. And like, dude, I, I mean it's just, it's just a lot of money, man. It's just a lot. I've, I filled up my car twice this week and I have paid, um, I have paid about $130 to fill my Hyundai Sonata and my company gives me $69 nice a week for gas. So, you know, I'm out of pocket almost 70 bucks in a week. So not to mention gas prices went up a dollar in the week that I was gone. You know, it was three thirty nine when I left and I came back with four forty nine. So, or four thirty nine. Like it's just, it's wild, man. It's just a, it's just a crazy. It's just, it's. It feels weird to say it's a crazy time to be alive because things are changing. COVID has gone away and it's you know basically over with now. And now they're banging you for higher gas prices and there's a war going on and like, it's just fucking wild, man. It's just a weird, crazy time to be alive. Sure is, bro. So um, keep your uh, keep your chin up. Keep your chin uh, up. Keep running. Oh, um, and here's here's one more thing. I don't listen. I'm not going to fact check this, but it's been on Instagram for a week, so it probably has some truth to it. Um, it says while you've been while while you've been distracted by Russia's invasion. The United Kingdom's government released a report confirming the fully vaccinated now account for nine in every 10 COVID-19 deaths in England. So as I said, maybe 10 minutes ago, God, it feels so good to be right. I think, I think I'm, uh, I'm losing service at the end of this. No, you're, uh, you're, 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 you're good right now. Just say what you said again and I'll wrap us up. Oh, I mean, just, uh, be happy. Okay. And for everybody listening at home, Ben, you know, as, as it, sometimes it goes when you're recording a podcast on the road, Oh, he's back. Uh, you know, sometimes service cuts in and out and we lose each other. This is the logistics of doing a podcast that is in, you know, has been in like 20 States and in a handful of countries now. And that's just, that's just life. And instead of dragging this out and trying to get him back for one more thought, you know, we're just going to bring her home anyways. Oh, there he is. He's back just for the very end. So I'm going to wrap it up then. Uh, episode much one. Love. Much love. Yeah, there you go. There he is. There's a, that's all I needed to put in there. Uh, episode 107. 
of Sunday Conversation Podcast brought to you by Loyalty Liquors, presented by Loyalty Liquors. Shout out, Trev. Uh, yeah, that's it. Much love. Just keep doing what you're doing. Focus on what you got going on. Don't let the peripheral bullshit get in your head. Everybody's got a journey. Just keep on the journey. Benny, love you. Love you, bro.